0: Welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 172. My name is Brian Perlman. I am joined, as always, with one Jess Dunks.
1: Hi, this is Jess.
0: And we're also joined, as always, by our new co-host Brogan.
2: Hello. I like that I don't have a last name.
0: Well, you're like it's like Cher, Madonna. You know, I'm,
2: I'm okay with that. I'm it... all right. I'm, deal. <laughs> Good. This is my legacy.
0: It it is. And it, well, I mean, we we could have done like the Starbucks thing and, and mangled the first name too.
2: Just made up something completely different. <laughs> That's is, fine too. This is Prugin,
0: the the unicorn Starbucks Bro-Bron.
2: coffee. Yo, that that Starbucks Frappuccino unicorn thing was delicious, and I don't care what anyone says. Anyway.
0: <laughs> did All you, right, see, did you see that it, it looks like the cover of the Nine Inch Nails album, Pretty Hate Machine?
2: It does.
0: Right. Uh, so metal. So uh, Brogan, <laughs> Brogan will be joining us. Uh, she is our new co-host. Uh, so uh, we did a little bit of your background and stuff uh, about three, four episodes ago when we did when we went over the review review. But for people that are just joining us now, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your
2: background? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I started judging. I have only been a judge since the very beginning of 2014. Um, I, uh, lived in Boston at the time and, uh, there was an awesome community of judges there. And that's when I started judging. I originally, I worked my first GP, uh, GP Richmond 2014, uh, about a month and a half after certifying, fell in love with working GPs and, uh moved to Richmond a couple years ago, and there's an awesome Magic community here, so I have more judging locally, as well as working GPs. Uh So I am the uh Richmond area captain, just helping get events off the ground, helping judges with whatever they need around here, as well as the L1 uh, testing coordinator for the Mid-Atlantic. So all kinds of grand old stuff, as well as hanging out with these nerds.
1: I resemble that remark. You do. So, thank you for joining us, first of all, as a as a new co-host. Um, it was uh, it was a, a, a thoughtful process with Brian and I trying to figure out what kind of human being goes along with our personalities after CJ left. Um, yeah. and um, we, we had you on for an episode, uh, and we thought, wow, that went really well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so so yeah. Jess and I we we had a list of of like attributes and and qualities that that we wanted, uh, and then we just like for the review review episode we just pulled you on as a or pulled Brogan on as a as a regular guest, and then after like like about five minutes after we hung up the call, Jess and I were like, hey, uh, that went really well. <laughs> Jess is like, yeah, yeah, that did. Uh, let's let's do that
1: again. So
2: yeah, and Anna, we... that was that was awesome. I I appreciate it. Oh,
1: great. Good. Well, <laughs> now we're gonna put you to work.
2: Well, well, good. Oh, uh,
0: show's over, I guess. Uh, <laughs> thank
2: you. <laughs> I, I really no, like. I'm picturing this like checklist of like uh here's like like a job application list of like requirements, and I got to I got to cheat the system. I love that. That's the best.
1: Um. Well, so it's, it was more it was a like it was certain. I don't want to say personality traits. It's not really the right thing, but like in in the way somebody uh interacts with you uh certain aspects of that and then it was also just like um chemistry uh the the yeah it was a chemistry with all of us but it was also like the ability to kind of uh and this is kind of behind the scenesy stuff for um for listeners uh sometimes the notes that we have that we're going off for of the show uh sometimes they change during the show um in fact sometimes they change while you're trying to read them uh, because you're talking, because somebody thought of something to say or whatever. And uh, one of the things we noticed is that when we change stuff and we move stuff around, uh, Brogan didn't miss a beat, and she was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, riff off this and and talk about this other thing." And yeah, we can go to that. No problem. And it was great. So
2: even uh, when my my name is changing throughout the course of the show uh, in, within the document.
0: Yes, uh, yes, that, I, that, I don't that know what you're talking about. Uh huh. I, I mean, it's process of elimination, right? It's not. It's not Jess. You're, it's not Brian.
2: Your name also starts with B R, so I can start turning your name into other weird stuff.
0: Oh, eh. Look, here's the here's right. the thing. My last name is Trillman. I've had about every mangling of that la- of that name <laughs> that's possible. Uh, I still get I still get letters from the first GP Vegas address to
1: Brain Trillamo.
2: That's
1: amazing. <laughs> I feel like there's a story there, but. We're gonna hold that one off for a little while because we should get into our main topic at We've this point. we got
2: important business, oh, business. to here.
1: We got, yeah, we got, we got to get to the business.
2: It's business um, time. <laughs> uh,
1: so basically, this episode, uh, last episode, we talked about the the uh, the new set that just came out. We went over a bunch of the cards, um, like twenty five of them, I think we hit. It uh, felt like more. And uh, this episode. <laughs> We're going to go over the MTR and IPG updates. Um, there are more uh, updates to the Magic tournament rules than there normally are, uh, which is there, there's some there's some meaty stuff in there. Uh, so let's talk really quickly about like the not so not so major stuff,
2: the more cosmetic stuff,
1: the cosmetic. Oh, there was a lot of cleaning up in this in this MTR update. Um, they, they were just moving stuff around to different sections to make things more concise and shorter. Um, but basically, uh, the new tournament rules clarify uh, players are supposed to point out their teammates' errors in team tournaments. This was obvious, and it, I think it was referenced in the IPG, uh, but now it's clear in the MTR. Um, clarifies that DQ'd players do not get Planeswalker events, er, points for the event that they were disqualified from. That seems like common sense, but it didn't actually say it in the rules. Um, oh, here's, here's one. Uh, legal cards... Uh, no longer have the black and white border restriction rather now it says non silver so but,
2: but i'd want my opponents to not be able to play invocations.
1: well now they can what um, okay so. well hold on non silver what
0: about uh my my gold bordered uh my gold bordered cards from uh, from those fancy master uh pro tour decks If you had glasses,
2: they'd be shoving through the back of your head right now, like, from how they're pushing up your nose. (laughs) Like, well, let me tell you.
1: So, Um, no, no.
0: No,
2: no, you don't get to play this.
0: I don't, but it says says, uh, non-silver, and gold is not silver.
1: So, this is true. Uh, There's nothing about a gold border that inherently makes it illegal now, but uh, all of the cards that have gold borders... Uh, don't have the traditional magic back. This is the thing that I forgot when I first saw a version of this of this uh, MTR uh, for discussion, and I went, what about gold cards? And, and You were that was, guy. I was that guy, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and everybody's like, yeah, so this is obviously just for invocations. Uh, and I was like, oh, right. Uh, wow, I feel like a duper. Um... Right. But, but it does pave the
0: way for gold-bordered cards with a regular magic back. Just saying
1: prepared yes for, that is a possibility i really hope that like the new holiday promos are just gold bordered because they can be or something now like although well, no, they wouldn't play that because then you could play it that doesn't even make sense like it would right. have to be a real card
2: like yeah it would oh have to God. be a, a real card i don't know if
1: gold's gonna be the thing but i think that paves the way for for the uh masterpiece series to have borders that are not black or white like this set has like think it outside over. the
2: black box
1: yes. Yeah. But like More. we didn't have blue bordered cards, or well, why don't we or, just go back
0: to whiteboard? Because you know uh, those are
1: awesome.
0: why don't we not? Well, I mean,
2: I, no. I know a lot of people here are going to make really happy with that statement.
0: What? Uh, <laughs> oh, what white whiteboarder? white borders? This is yeah. this like this is like a hipster MTG movement to like go back to the white border retro. You, there are you people know, that are
2: there are people that will that
1: will remove the black border from cards so that it's yeah. white border. I
2: have a I have a very close friend who white borders their cards, uh, like. Yeah. I, I know somebody that
1: takes money to whiteboarder other people's cards.
0: Well, that... that Hold on now. That... <laughs> I can understand that. I will take your money to destroy your cards. Now, <laughs> give, now giving someone money to destroy your cards is a bit more <laughs> problematic.
1: Um. Anyway, so moving on. Uh, other minor stuff from the MTR. Uh, we have a new section on outside assistance in the MTR. Uh, basically the same as what was... Uh, and currently is still in the IPG, it's just now in the MTR. Something that players
2: should actually read. Right.
1: The the tournament rules is really uh, kind of the player-facing side of tournament policy. Obviously, judges should know it, but we don't expect players to be super familiar with the IPG. We do expect them to have read the uh, MTR for competitive events. Um and I think actually it's expected for all events, but it's really an unreasonable expectation right. for a pre-release.
0: Right. It's it's kind of from from an MTR standpoint, it's the magic play or the magic community, the tournament, the organized play. We have an expectation that you read the MTR. If you ask me if I expect any specific player to have read the MTR, the answer is probably gonna be no. Yeah,
2: we're Whoa. not handing out pocket copies of the MTR, but whereas whereas judges where how we interact with the game in the competitive events, is based on the IPG. How you should interact with the game as a player is more governed by the MTR. Although
0: although a pocket copy of the MTR sounds like a guy just standing on the corner, just handing out little pamphlets, and you open it up thinking that it's going to be like a religious pamphlet, and in reality it's just, you know, section four on player communication.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I want that to, like, someone be standing outside an event hall. Just... (laughs)
1: Okay. Was- okay. Have <laughs> you heard about the tournament rules? <laughs> have do you have a moment to talk about the tournament rules?
0: Have you do you have a moment to talk about the new combat shortcut?
2: Well, uh, we found our yeah. new calling. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, all right. So, so if I if I if I walk away during my draft, if I rage quit, what happens to me? What happens uh, to my packs?
1: So if you, uh, you take all of the cards that you've drafted, you get up and walk away. Uh, all of the cards that you have drafted are yours, so you are allowed to do that. But there's still this this pack of cards going around that was the one you opened, um, if a player is removed from a draft for any reason, including Rage Quitting, uh, that pack just keeps going in the rotation, and somebody's going to end up with some extra cards, but those extra cards are going to be mostly last picks anyway, so it won't have that big of an impact on the event. Uh, this is a change. Previously, the cards would be randomly pulled from pa- that pack, which actually had a bigger impact on the draft because then signaling all goes to crap, and it's just it's not good um, and if now I if
2: I don't wheel the thing that I thought I was going to wheel, is it because someone took it or because this random judge picking cards randomly
1: yeah that's that's basically what I mean by signaling is is it's unclear what the people on the other side of the judge are doing, not other judge but other side of judge <laughs> um, and so the the one thing I will point out about this. Is that that's only true for the pack that's currently open? If that was pack one or pack two of a draft, then in the next pack you don't open eight packs; you'll only open seven. Makes sense. Um, so uh, that's that's the like quick stuff. Um,
2: even more business.
1: Even more now. Now it's down to business. We got some president business going on over here. Business president business yeah the lego movie i got nothing would you oh, the so lego have, movie i've
2: seen the lego movie okay uh um yeah <laughs> right
1: okay awesome good
2: glad so... we're glad we're all on the same page Are <laughs> but but are we on the same page about what Carter named the pithing needle uh we
1: right. will be now yeah Brian, why will I be on the same page about anything? Well, because
0: right now uh, the policy for card interpretation has changed, or the the section has has been reworded a little bit. Uh, so now, if you're expected to be expected to name a card in a game for whatever reason, uh, a card is considered named in a game when a player has provided a description which may include the name or a partial name that could only apply to one card. Okay, so. If you, you can actually say, uh, oh, for example, um that, that artifact shackles, okay, as opposed to, uh, uh, shackles, mm-hmm. or that shackles that you played last game, or, <laughs> you know, some, as long as that.
2: it is it is unambiguously clear to everyone involved.
0: Yes. And yep. you are expected if for whatever reason do not believe that they have unambiguous or they, they yeah that they have unambiguously identified the card, you are responsible seeking further clarification. So oh when you said shackles, uh you meant Vidalkin shackles, right? Yes. There you go.
2: Not just yes, this person totally meant shackles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so
1: you might be if you're a competitive player, you might be tempted to try and run that anyway Uh with the like, well, they said shackles. That's unambiguous. Clearly, that's what they meant. I don't know why they chose that, but that's what obviously what they meant. It's unambiguous. No, it wasn't. Don't try to do that. Like, it's very clear what they meant. Uh And so the name is ambiguous because when they say one thing and mean another and you know that we have ambiguity that needs to be clarified. So. Um,
2: as as a judge, can I step in and ask for further clarification?
1: Uh, I don't think that there would be a problem with that. I think no. if you said, "Hey, uh, what did you name with that?" and they go, "Oh, it's Vidalcan shackles," and their opponent goes, "No, you said shackles," I think that's a great way to handle that situation.
2: Means well, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty sure like the the judge is part of the description. Now is the judge yep. can ask for it. Yep.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The judge. Sh- yeah, you you should if you think there's any ambiguity. You should if if a, if the player says. I'm naming Bor- Borborygmos, and you say, and the opponent's like, yeah, sure, that's fine. It's totally fine for you to say, which Borborygmos were you
2: referring to? Because, you know, we totally need more than one card named Borborygmos. <laughs> <I>, for those, <laughs> I think everyone should Google the name of that card and uh, tell me what comes up. Right now? <laughs> I mean, everyone watching this episode, it's, it's, if, if, also, if either of you don't know what it means, you should do that, too. It's, uh, okay. It's, oh, it's wow. Totally, yeah. I
1: did not know that. All right, mm-hmm. yes, please. Please google this if you are listening. As soon right as now. possible, google for <laughs> I'm
2: glad I could help.
1: Okay. Don't say it. Let, let him google it.
2: All uh, right.
1: So, um uh, I must have something weird
0: coming up because nothing 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 funny came up.
2: Oh.
1: Your,
2: your Google's broken.
0: broken. Do I need to do I need to turn safe search off? <laughs>
2: I don't. It depends on what your safe search is filtering. I <laughs> should, All right, I think your Google's just broken. Um,
0: Google broken. I mean, I just have it like a bunch of cards. Okay, okay. We,
2: I've so, got I've got more segues here. So the definition of Borberigmos is not free information, but you know what it is?
1: ah uh, counters.
2: Yeah, it wasn't uh, before, but no, it, it
1: wasn't before, which blows my mind because yeah, that right? meant like what, if it wasn't free information, you could be like how many counters are on your jace and i could say i don't have to tell you
2: (laughs) i don't know (laughs) oh
0: what's this belly button that belly button is what kind of counters oh it's loyalty counters well how many is it don't have to
1: yeah that's that's uh that was nobody ever played it that way just for the record it was not a thing that was a a real problem uh but now the mtr lines up with reality so to speak because if a player tried to do that in my event i would tell them not to uh (laughs) No, you have to say how many <laughs> plus one plus one counters are on your creature. That's I, I obviously you have to. Now the lo- the rules line up with that, um, and that also means that poison counters were removed from the tournament rules uh, as being called out separately as free information because they fall under any type of counter. Yay. Um.
2: So yeah. This this is just more relevant, I think, now that we have minus one minus one counters again and they're going to lit. So I think this is kind of to help solve some of the problems that we talked about from before, where if there are plus one, plus one counters on some things and minus one, minus one counters on some things, just to clarify a little bit of ambiguity. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think that, uh, I hope that it will definitely do that, but like now it's just clear. You have to be, you have to be clear about it, you know, not just the type, not just what kind of counters are those, but, but also how many are they?
2: Um, and again, as a judge, what can I can can I say how many counters are on a thing?
1: Uh, yeah, well, you can you can uh, you can definitely clarify if you have a need to. Uh, something I, I will ask you as a judge not to do is
2: volunteer you, that information.
1: Is, no, well, actually, that's fine. Free information is is uh, is fine to help players find derived information, not so much unless it's comprehensive. Word. But
2: but I mean, if someone's like staring at the board and just pointing out this has two plus one plus one counters on it. Please don't do
1: that. Yeah, well, I, you know, try not to interrupt games. Uh, try, try not to interrupt games if you don't have something relevant to discuss about the game. Don't interrupt a game to be like, oh, hey, your tokens are really cool, man. Like, don't right? do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but if you have any ambiguity, if you're like, I'm not sure what's happening here, you can ask the players. In fact, you can even ask the players to do something different to keep it more clear. Uh, and you should if it's not clear. Um all right. That was uh Those counters. Yeah, that was all the uh the MTR updates, right? There weren't any any other ones there, to discuss.
0: No no more no more uh, uh uh would you would you like to move on move on to the IPG? Would you uh, Yeah, you sure. Pass, pass I'd like priority. to go directly
1: to the IPG. I'd like to go directly uh, to the IPG. Do not I'm, pass I'm passing
2: I'm passing priority into my IPG step.
1: De- de- declare IPG step. Declare. Uh, IPG. <laughs> oh. Um possibly the beginning of IPG step. Um, um, so we're we're alluding to here, obviously, uh, maybe not obviously, is uh, that the combat shortcut uh, that has been unchanged for probably decade. over a decade? Yeah, is uh, is now changed? Uh, and it's significantly different from what it was. Um, uh, is
0: it? Well, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, it's pretty significantly well, different from well, what it was. Here, so you can the same. It can work the same way.
1: But it's right. an extra, extra. The vast majority branches. of the time it's it's unchanged. I'm just saying that the shortcut itself has changed. The wording is different. The wording oh, the is wording significantly is... different. Yes. Yeah.
2: It it now matches more of or sort of organically what was happening in games, but it's also clearing up some of the, the issues that would arise when people would try to do things in the beginning of combat. So
1: yeah, the thing is that A lot of people felt that the old combat shortcut, and we're going to get into the differences here in a second, but a lot of people felt that the old combat shortcut uh, was, you know, it's the correct and intuitive way to do it. But it's really only intuitive if you had run into it and and learned about it. And it was pretty frequent for judges to say things like, "Well, that's a mistake. You only have to make once." And what they were alluding to is that once you got bitten by this rule, you knew how to play around it. The problem with short, or problem with that in the context of shortcuts, is that shortcuts are designed to make the game work the way players play the game and expect it to work. So if you could get burned by using the word, I'm going to go to combat, uh, the, the words, I'm sorry, the phrase, I'm going to go to combat and then get burned because you said this thing, you didn't quite understand where it was going to push you. Um, that's not how most Magic players play Magic. And
2: If you have short- to get burned uh, by something to learn it, it's so, so probably not, not ideal. ideal. The old
0: shortcut; its its intent really was to protect the non active player from shenanigans that the active player would. The active well, player. We, should
2: we say right now what the old shortcut was?
0: The the old shortcut was essentially if I say combat attackers battle anything like that, then I am offering to pass priority to where my opponent has the non active player has priority. During, uh, the declare attackers. Uh, sorry, not the declare attackers. Right. The beginning of combat step. What, yeah. What that so, means, so if
1: you say if you said combat. You're you're not allowed to take any other actions until, except for declaring attackers if your opponent doesn't do anything.
0: And and what that was meant to prevent, okay, what that predominantly was meant to prevent is back in the old days and... Uh, um, TM. TM. <laughs> the yes. players would do something like, I'm going to, you know, combat. They'd be in their main phase, they'd do combat, attacks, and the other person would say, well, I'm going to tap down your big attacking creature with my icy manipulator, because we're talking little cool stuff. And then someone <laughs> would say, ah, well, since you interrupted me, I'm still in my main phase, and now I'm going this, this, this. Instead, I would
2: like to play some hasty creatures.
0: Maybe I'll play a hasty creature or something like that. And 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 players will attempt to lose lawyer and force the opponents making a, a bad, uh, making a play at a bad time because they intentionally used ambiguous language. So the shortcut was designed to prevent that. This new shortcut that will spell out still does that still covers that but also gives you greater flexibility to actually do things in the beginning of combat uh state uh step where wizards has been printing more and more triggers that happen and during beginning of combat they've been printing vehicles which uh people are tending to want to crew uh during the beginning of combat so or
2: say say combat before they crew them for whatever reason they want
1: well, to. I have a theory about that, actually. Uh, that So we didn't have this problem as much when we had the creature lands that, uh, uh, where you pay mana to make this land a creature and then attack with it. And I think that the reason for that is that when you're thinking about paying mana when you're playing a game of magic, you're thinking about uh, all of the things you have to pay for during your main phase. And so it flows naturally into, and I need to pay three mana for this land to become a creature. But... Uh, and then you go, okay, now I'm going to do things. I've gone from my lands here in front of me to my creatures, which are the next thing up here. Now I'm going to go to combat, and this is all the creatures are. And so I was thinking about the lands when I was casting spells and doing things with my mana in my main phase. But when you go to crew, there's no mana payment to crew things. So I'm, I'm done thinking about my mana. Now I'm going to go to the combat with the creatures, and here I've got my creature to crew up here. And, and your, so your,
2: I, your hands are all over your creatures.
1: Yeah, and so I don't think about that until I go to combat. And so the problem you run into is I say, okay, I'd like to go to combat. And your opponent goes, sure. And you go, okay, I'll crew this. And they go, no, 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 too late. And now we've, we've, we've got that problem solved with this new shortcut. And before we go any further, I'm just going to read it because we're talking a lot about it without actually reading <laughs> what it is. Um, I'm going to read the shortcut, and then we can talk about it some more. The new shortcut says, if the active player passes priority during their first main phase, the non-active player is assumed to be acting in the beginning of combat unless they are affecting how or whether a beginning of combat ability triggers. However, if the non-active player takes no action, the active player has priority at the beginning of combat. Beginning of combat triggered abilities, even ones that target, may be announced after any non-active player action has resolved. That was a lot of words. That was a mouthful. Right. Yeah, you, um, can,
2: you can go find this and look at it if you want to not have to listen to Jess say that ten times in yeah. order to understand yeah, it. Yeah, you
1: can find it in the tournament rules. You can also find it at uh, Toby's uh, policy blog, which we will link to in the uh, on the webpage and on the show notes, wherever you got this podcast. Uh, so you, you, really you can need find to it break there. It down.
0: You really need to break this down like sentence by sentence, slowly. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well, let's do it.
0: All right. Uh, so, so the first, the first sentence, uh, if an active player passes priority during their, their first main phase, the non-active player is to be acting at the beginning of combat. Now I'm going to stop right there. There's an unless I'm going to stop right there. So that means if I say combat. And you, the opponent, do something. You are doing it during the beginning of combat. So we have we have left the point in the game where I we've left my main phase. We are now in beginning of combat. The non-active player. That's when spell effect whatever is going on the stack during beginning of combat, right?
2: Well, unless
0: yeah.
1: oh, unless um, uh,
2: unless cool. like let's say I uh, what's a what's a what's a beginning of combat ravel master.
1: Yeah, Goblin Rabble Master goblin is kind of the poster child for this.
2: Rabble Master. So um, unless uh, they're affecting how or whether a beginning of combat ability triggers. So if I want to, if I'm playing against Jess and I want to make sure that he does not get to get some Goblin Rabbley creatures, uh, I would do that before beginning of combat. So if I say. Uh, uh unsummon your goblin rabble master. when you say combat, when am I doing that?
1: Uh if if yeah, if you if you're affecting if you're doing something that would change the beginning of combat trigger happening in some way, um that couldn't be done in the beginning of combat step and have the same result. You're doing it in the main phase.
0: So, so right, right now this is this is the shortcut is actually setting it up to make a almost a strategic. decision. Okay, so if I say, if I say combat and just was to say bolt your bear cub, okay, then that is happening during the beginning of combat. But if I was to say combat and to say bolt your rabble master, that's happening during the main phase.
1: Okay, unless I specify otherwise. Unless, yeah.
0: unless just specifies otherwise. Because that is natural place in time where someone would do it. And realistically, they're going to use the same terminology for both cases.
1: And here's the funny part about that. We were kind of letting that happen that way anyway with the old shortcut that didn't work that way. Because it just made sense. to Like, this was a weird right. corner where you're like, oh, well, this is this one card that does this. And it turns out they're printing a lot more cards that do that.
2: I remember a couple of years ago uh, this happened in an event with a uh, Sirak the hunt caller um, and which is which has a ferocious or something ability uh yeah it gives uh it, it can give a
1: creature haste in the beginning of a combat step
2: and there was a a huge huge long discussion with this with this judge call about whether or not this person when somebody did something and whether or not they Still got their Surak trigger,
0: yeah, this shortcut the old shortcut's
1: any favor with, but uh, so we, the the new shortcut is much better for the for the triggered abilities, but um the re- here we get to the really big difference um between the old shortcut and the new shortcut. it's not just the triggers. It's also this part here if If I am the active player and I say, go to combat and you don't do anything, where does that leave us
2: before. It would put you in declare attacks. Uh, now it puts you in beginning of combat.
1: Okay, so I could still activate my vehicles and crew them. I can still um, your, your creature yeah. lands. My my right. creature lands, so I can activate them. That and... is now
2: the default assumption. Yeah. Again, all so shortcuts apply unless you say something specific otherwise.
1: Mm-hmm. And and that Serac you were just talking about, even though it has a target. I can still put it on the stack at that point as well.
2: Correct.
1: Uh, so I haven't missed the ability, even though the, the missed trigger section talks about uh, you can to choose, target. About, to choose right. a target. Um, we haven't missed that yet because we're going to the point where I have priority with in the beginning of combat step, so I can still put that on the stack. Yep. Um, so I, I think there are a lot of questions I've seen on the internet about this, and I've seen a lot of judges ask questions about this combat step. And I worked at the uh, the First uh, Star City games open this last weekend that that used this new tournament rules, and I don't think there was a single question that directly involved the 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 combat shortcut at all. And I kept waiting for it. Somebody would be like, "Okay, so I've got this question about a beginning of combat trigger." I'd be like, "All right, here we go," and it would just be not related to the combat shortcut at all. And I was almost disappointed. how intuitive it was for players to to use it but i shouldn't be disappointed because that's actually what we're going for yeah
0: so so let's let's just clarify this point so so if i say um if i say combat and and brogan says okay now i have priority during my beginning of combat now so brogan however knows this, this combat shortcut she knows that if she says okay then i'm gonna have priority during the beginning of combat, and I might do something okay mm-hmm. so she's 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 being um <clears throat> smart and I go combat she huh. goes okay and then i then I go okay uh and I start declaring my attacker, okay? But she actually has she actually has like an instant kill spell. Um, how does how does that work, okay? Because it, there's still like a like a priority pass. I have priority during the beginning of combat, and I just started declaring attacker. Isn't there like right. another set of priority passes in there?
1: So at that point, you're declaring attackers. You're effectively w- without using any words to do so. You're proposing another shortcut, which is to just go to the declare attackers step. Um, and if However, your opponent, if your opponent's like, hey, whoa, 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 I had stuff to do. They can do it. They can just stop you and interrupt you and say, whoa, hold on. You'll, you'll untap all the things you were attacking with." And they go, "Well, let, I'm going to kill this thing," um, and that's fine. They can't really wait too long to do that. We expect them to take a proactive role in in stopping you, but uh, they still have the opportunity to cast spells and activate abilities, uh, just like the rules describe in the beginning of combat set.
2: There's there's a sort of like weird Schrodinger's priority pass in here, mm-hmm. um, but it's not going to be relevant very often at all i don't think because people because of the way people play magic right i, th- I think everyone acknowledges that if i say combat i if, you, if if my opponent says combat i will have an opportunity to do something between before they start declaring attackers
1: yeah absolutely
0: so the most, the, I guess the way you can play, or both players can play, that would protect themselves from, from everything, is I would say, combat, and broken, okay, and then I would say, attackers, okay, and then I would tap, uh, turn my dude's from sideways. Okay. That, that way, there's not like, I go, I go, combat, she says okay, and then I start turning dude sideways, and she's like, whoa, 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 I knew I wanted to do something. Okay. Right. So you, you the active player, Protecting yourself from maybe, or I'm protecting myself from maybe Brogan seeing what I'm going to attack with.
2: What you plan to battle with? Right. Yeah. There's a. There's definitely a. If both players can be most clear here by by clarifying. Okay. Uh. Like combat. Okay. Attackers. Okay. And then attackers are happening. Agreed.
1: Yep. Yeah. That I think that's a very clear way of handling it. Um. And uh, I think. Once players start using it, they're gonna they're gonna feel very comfortable with it, and it's not gonna be a big deal. Um, if you're interested in seeing a lot of more situations where this can apply, uh, Toby Elliot wrote a second blog post where he talks about the uh, the combat shortcut called "How to Think About the New Combat Shortcut," um, which we will link to in the notes for the show. So if you want to check out a few more, well, wait, how does this work? Scenarios and see how it works. Uh, check that out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. now can we, can I, I, you interrupted me. Can we move to the IPG step? Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm passing okay. priority.
1: Great. Yeah. So, so I, I say IPG hey, and hang you on, say, hang okay. On. I want to, I, I
0: say... want to interrupt that really.
1: Sure you do. Uh,
0: well, <laughs> <laughs> no, there was also, there was also an end of turn. There was an end of a change to the end of turn shortcut as well. Uh,
1: uh that's true. That um, that's very similar to the... the, the, end of turn shortcut functionally didn't really change, um. Uh, but the wording is is now lined up with the the new combat shortcut. Yeah, I mean, it didn't really change because there's no declare attacker step in the, in the end of turn. No,
0: <laughs> and if you say, but you still have to say like end of turn, and then if you have any target, you gotta end of turn target. you. Yeah, You're pretty much. Yeah, it.
2: You do. As opposed to like end of turn, pause, wait, wait for me to do something, wait for
0: you to say okay, and then you say, well now I want my identity, you
1: know, that, my, my that targeting does, trigger on. That does work with triggers that don't target, so uh, your, si- your-, don't target. your Sig River Cutthroat gets pretty awkward. But uh, oh, wow, but nice. uh, that's always been the case. That's really always been the case, so it's that's not new. Um, so yeah, so move- now for, move-
2: now for real IPG stuff.
1: Yeah, for real IPG stuff. So, um, first things first. Since we we're just talking about triggers, let's talk about the mist triggers change to the IPG. Um. As you may remember, there were non-expiring triggers in the IPG before uh, that clarifies what happens uh, to certain kinds of triggers. And one of them was triggers with default actions, such as cards with an echo, or fabricate.
2: Or a pact.
1: Or a, or a pact. Yes, a pact is a good one. Um, so now the opponent uh, chooses whether or not the trigger is going to happen at all. This was true in the last iteration as well, but the previous wording was unclear about whether it was put on the uh, stack now or in the next phase. Uh, and in this case, it's uh, it's just we, we don't even put it on the stack; we just resolve it. Uh,
2: it just happens.
1: It just happens, yeah. And so now that's that's clear.
2: Yeah, this, um, this this was a change that was made a while ago, but this was a slight update to it.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the big change here is that we've added uh, enter the battle enters the battlefield triggers from auras uh, that make a visible change to the thing they're enchanting. What? So that's basically, I call this the the claustrophobia rule. Mm -hmm. Uh, Claustrophobia and uh, I don't remember the new one. Malfunction. Malfunction, thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both do two things. The first thing is that they cause things to tap when they enter the battlefield. And the second thing is that they make those things stay tapped forever, or at least until the enchantment goes away. Um, so we have a situation, if we have a situation where I've played this enchantment, and then I pass the turn to my opponent, and then they go, well, I'm going to attack with this creature, and you go, well, that's supposed but, to be tapped.
2: I, I, I tap that.
1: Right. Um, we just resolve that now. Uh, we just, we just tap it. They don't get to attack with it. Um, it's very common for players to play that and not really want to touch their opponent's cards and just kind of assume their opponent knows what's going on and that they're all on the same page until they realize their opponent didn't bother to tap that. Um and the the reason that this has been added is because those have kind of a a more of a spell like quality than a trigger. It's like you're casting a spell on that permanent.
2: It's it's like something because it's a thing that's, that's happening right now. Yes, it, it it seems like a thing that should just happen. So yeah. we're just going to make that happen.
1: Exactly. Um. So generally speaking, this isn't going to be uh, a thing that comes up uh all that often. Um. The, the big thing now is that now this just no longer expires, so your opponent get, doesn't get to try and wait long enough to to outlast the trigger or something, uh, and they don't get to choose whether that it goes on the stack. It it will it will resolve. So that's about it uh, for missed triggers. Um, nothing was changed in regards to uh, delayed zone change triggers, which is the other uh, non-expiring trigger as long as we're. In the vicinity, I'll mention it, but nothing was changed.
2: Uh, To to clarify, I don't know if we fully explained what we mean by non-expiring triggers. We mean things that are, no no matter when we notice them, they're going to happen.
1: Right. So most triggers, uh, most triggers of triggered abilities, uh, you get to choose, uh, if your opponent misses a triggered ability, you will get to choose whether or not we put it on the stack for most triggers. But we will only get to make that choice if we catch it within a turn. And that's that's expiring. There's an expiration of within a turn. So non-expiring just means we don't have that duration.
0: Anytime you anytime you notice it, it's gonna it's gonna happen.
1: Yep. Thank you so, for bringing that up, Brogan. I, yeah. I completely forgot to to explain that.
2: Yeah, no problem. Um, for like going, I don't know. Like with the with the uh, default actions one. Let like if I have if I played a pact of negation six turns ago, and you say. You call a judge and say, "My opponent didn't pay for their pack six turns ago." What happens to me?
1: Uh, the, the opponent get to, will get, get the choice The opponent will get the choice of whether or not to make you lose the game.
2: oh dang yeah i I think those odds are not in my favor
1: <laughs> they they really aren't, especially
0: if it's near lunchtime'
2: because my opponent really wants a sandwich right, absolutely, but is a yeah is a pop tart a sandwich um so here's a here's a
1: moving on
0: <laughs> i i actually posted that outside my cube wall at work that is uh, a pop tartar sandwich that no that's the sandwich alignment chart the
2: sandwich alignment chart and this we actually is, started I, what?
0: and we started breaking down like various sub projects within my major work program and started putting them in those quadrants um, whether they're sandwiches no 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 as it was, it was structural purist ingredient purist <laughs> so we started we started like if this particular executable or project or was a sandwich. What type of sandwich would they be, and where do they fall on that quadrant? Neat. It, it was kind of fun because we've got like this group of people that are just kind of like running around, smashing into things. Obviously, they went into the pop tart group. The,
2: the the inherent property of humans is to try to dump things into to categories and buckets, and this is just a uh, representation of that. So, thank you for being a cog in the machine, Brian. I am I am the
0: machine. Thank you. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that. I want to talk about hidden card error um, cuz does the anyone next... really
2: want to talk well, about so hidden card? So here's the error? thing.
0: I last last IPG update I went on a little bit of a rant about about a part a change to hidden card error. So hidden hidden away in a, like a half a paragraph in a blog is a section about reperforming uh, an action <laughs> on cards that wasn't anywhere in the in the IP and uh, so it got it got clarified this this go round in in hidden card error. So basically uh what the change is if you're if you're supposed to search for something and reveal it to to prove that you searched for the thing that you were you're putting the card in your hand that you're supposed um and you don't then the opponent gets to look at your hand they're going to get to pick which card out of your hand was the one that you should have revealed doing air quote um and then you're going to put that card back into set that it came from that is Or so help me
1: and, and I want to interrupt you there I want to point out this yeah. is the most misunderstood thing about this. It doesn't matter what kind of card it is. We we do this whether or not it meets the criteria for whatever it was that was supposed to be revealed. Right. It's going back in that set.
0: It's going, back in, it's going back in that set. So if it's something like look at the top four cards of your library, reveal a creature card from it, put it in your hand, okay, and then you're putting those other three cards back on the top of your library, that set is uh, the card from those top three cards, okay? Um, and so you're going to be – so I'm going to reveal to the opponent uh he's going to pick a card from the from my hand. It does not have to be your card. Uh he's going to take it and he's going to and they we're going to put it with those other four cards or those other three cards. And then I'm going to reperform the action, okay? Uh yes. Just
2: to, to to clarify really quickly for someone who might be at home wondering, well that's dumb, why can they choose things that don't fit within that category fit that criteria uh because because that person didn't do the thing that they said they t- t- they didn't reveal it, we have no real way of knowing w- if they followed those that criteria in the first place, which is why we're doing this right. I in, in the, I, first yeah, place. the, the
1: possibility for ahead. The possibility for advantage that a player has by not revealing is that they might have picked a card that doesn't meet the criteria, and we mitigate that potential by letting the opponent pick cards that don't meet that criteria.
0: Uh, now... Now, in this particular example that I was doing, reveal the top four cards of your library. Now, if it's search your library for an enchantment, okay, reveal it and put it into your hand, and you search your search your library, put the card in your hand, and you never reveal it, well, the opponent's going to look at your hand, pick a card, and we're going to shuffle that away. We're going to return that to the set, which is the library, okay, and since the library is random, we're going to randomize that set. Um, Now, the last little bit of this, if, for whatever reason, recreating the original set or, uh, oh, or, or sorry, um, it's, you're gonna re-randomize that card, you're gonna shuffle that card in the library, and then they're going to re-perform the action, which is search search, enchant, and reveal yep. it. Um, now, if can't recreate the set for whatever reason, uh, or reperforming the ap- action be, uh disrupted, then you're just going to leave the selected cards in the hand. So the, the opponent actually has has a little the ability to notice here. If I search for, look at the top four cards in my library, uh, I'm supposed to reveal a creature. I don't put it in my hand. You, the opponent had an opportunity to notice at that point point. and you actually are gonna have you have an op- continually have opportunities to have noticed that uh, for much longer uh, but those top four cards you know I might draw some other cards that set gets destroyed uh, we can't we can't recreate it or
2: put it back if you know or if if, if if I put some cards on the bottom of my library from that set and then I shuffled my library and as I'm shuffling
0: right. It's, we notice, yeah. It's it's basically use some common sense here. If you can't, if it's not caught right away, then it's probably not going to be able to be something you can fix unless it came out of the library. Mm-hmm. And then, and maybe at that particular point, you'd say like, "Well, reperforming the action is disruptive." This has been a few. So uh, I want to
1: I want to I, I do want to point out one thing that may seem obvious, but I want to clarify something Brian said. Reperforming the action with that with uh, reconstructing the set means if you if you were supposed to look at the top three and put them on the bot and pick one and put them on the bottom uh it means taking those two cards off the bottom and putting that card back. It doesn't mean taking three new cards off the top right you 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 try to reconstruct the set as best you can uh from the cards that were actually in it and if you can't reconstruct that set because maybe the library's been shuffled instead or something you just you just don't don't redo the whole thing again don't let them get a new it just it's not. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't. Bad. Stop. One word answers, even though one word is two words. Anyway, um, so I think we've covered hidden card error uh thoroughly. Um not a whole lot changed uh except for the ability to reperform the action and what specifically that means, uh, which I'm very glad is there because there was some confusion.
2: Yeah, but I, I like that it was it was it was kind of tossed in there. And no one re- initially, and there was a lot of questions about it. Right. So
0: I didn't like, I, I specifically didn't like the fact that if you didn't read Toby's blog, you would have had no
2: idea that that exactly. Had changed. Yep. Now we're, we're more consistent, more codified. Yay. Uh, relating, like, so I think, I feel like a lot of these changes are sort of being, they're, they're, they're common sense changes that sort of are, we're, we're fixing things to match with the reality of what's actually happening. Uh, so, uh, for example, uh, the next problem, uh, not problem, next change, so I read the word problem, and I was like, oh no, there's a problem, um, is uh, there were previously uh, there was a one uh, infraction related to anything weird happening with your deck or your deck list, um, and now there are two. There's deck list problem and deck problem.
0: just Jess, were you uh, a judge back only separate?
1: Uh, if I was, it was very brief. I don't remember if... I, I think I was not. I think it was all one, but it's this possibility that it might have been separate. Uh, basically, if I vaguely recall the before time, and I don't know if I actually recall the before time, or if I just recall people talking about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the bu- Are we you dying? Off? Is that... Yeah, a, like, right. it was... <laughs> right. Sorry, I started, I
0: started... I started laughing and it turned into an old man cough. Um, no, I'm I'm actually. Well, we in the... started ta-
2: we started talking about the before time, so yeah. Brian just realized his age. No, it's when
0: Jess was when Jess was saying I I don't know if I remember it or if I'm remembering it because I've been told about it. And as soon as he said that, it was sort of like. Yeah, I don't remember either.
1: I don't know if I was actually
0: a judge. Then. Um, so that's well, it. I'm the I... only
2: one who properly remembers. Then, in that, I it's always been deck deckless problem.
1: Okay, great. Well, um, I don't really want to get into too much about it, but it, historically, apparently, it was two different things, and now it's two different things again. Um, but this didn't actually change very much. Like, so. What's funny about this split is it seems like th- this is definitely has the most words of any change from this edition of the IPG, but it means the least um, deck deck list problem had a bunch of downgrade options for things that should just be warnings. And for the most part, those just broke off into deck problem. Now we have decklist problem, which is a game loss and deck problem, which is a warning. And, and uh, the, the main dividing line between the two is whether or not we have to change the deck list. If we have to change the deck list, we have a deck list problem. If we don't have to change the deck list, uh, if the deck list represents what they intended to play and it's legal, we have a deck problem.
2: Yeah, prior to now, there was this kind of weird flowchart of, of downgrades. Like, if, if this happened, it's still game loss. If this happened, it's not. And now it's kind of more. more simplified
0: you say we need the comment about how many how much one of the one of the projects I, i i work at ip basically does this instruction of the ip and so i get a tracked change of the ip to kind of word by word sentence by sentence uh to see what changed and one of the things that i noticed in updating this is actually not a whole lot of words changed either it's just they took the infraction and they said this paragraph goes here, and this paragraph goes
2: here. Chopped it in half.
0: Right. So it's 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 very little um, actual word. Very very little. It's it's just they took the existing words and they split it. Uh, they split it in, uh, in fractions. So <laughs> what what a, what a deck
2: list? That's awesome. Uh, yeah. What a, what, a, what constitutes a deck list problem? I think is a lot more simple and cut and dry, and is easier to talk about. Uh, so if you, if you are, if the deck list is illegal or isn't what a player intended to play or needs to be changed because you don't have your cards for some reason, that's a deck list problem and that is a game loss. So if I, uh, forgot to list my four Kiora the Crashing Wave and I submitted a 56 card deck list.
1: For shame.
2: Then. I'm sad. Uh, so, but how do we how do we fix it? If I if I did not list my four key or the crashing wave,
1: uh, so that is a deck list problem because the deck list needs to be corrected. And we add the four cards that you're missing to the deck list, and you will receive a game loss. Dang, dang!
2: I'm losing a lot of games today.
1: <laughs> you're you're well. I mean, first you rage quit that draft; it was terrible.
2: And then and then I died to my own pact. This morning I cast a uh, a some Eldrazi on turn four. It felt good. I don't remember which one it was.
1: Uh, did you have? Did you have toasted frosted sandwiches afterwards?
2: Like a like a pop tart, you say?
1: <laughs> yes, like yes, a pop tart.
2: I did. It was a it was a, in a cube draft, and I had ten mana on turn four, and it was great. So then, um,
0: j- jumping back into into decklist Air, now, you said something. Uh, that said, if a player loses a card and is unable to find a replacement, that's also that's also a deck deck list problem. Or sorry, not that's that, a deck list uh, problem. <laughs> yeah.
1: Muscle memory there. Uh, that is a deck uh, deck list problem because if they lose the card and they can't find a replacement, you have to thic- you have to replace it with with uh, uh, basic land. And to be clear, waste is not an option here. It has to be uh, plains island forest swamp mountain So if I well, if
2: right. I want to be playing for if I if I get my 4 Kiora the crashing wave later in the day and then I lose my dog eats my kioras and I don't have the money to get no- new kioras what happens to me
0: You're going to you if your dog eats your kioras first off I'm going to wonder where your dog is at the event, because you probably wrote your deck list down right before if your dog ate at the other team. Well, table, so, so
2: the, the, the my my day started with, I wrote four, ki- I wrote, I did not write my Kioras on my deck list. Uh, then I had them. Then okay. we fixed, I get a game loss, I fixed my deck. Uh, yay, I'm playing my Kioras. Then in round five, a, a, a flaming unicorn flies through the convention center, scoops up my Kioras, And.
1: Takes it back to Starbucks with.
2: Right, right. Goes back to, trots back to Starbucks. And there's no one else in the convention center with Kioras. What happens Um, to me?
1: So what, what happens is you're gonna have to replace those cards with basic lands. And then we're gonna have to update your deck list to reflect that you've replaced the cards with basic lands. Which means that you're going to get a game loss.
2: The, the more, the more likely thing that would lead to my cards being missing is if. A previous opponent has them or something.
1: Sure. in that case, yeah. we might be able to find them. In that case, we, can, we can don't have to necessarily give you the game loss if we can find them quickly, um, because that wouldn't be a deck list problem because we don't have to update anything on the deck list.
0: So what? So that seems kind of harsh. Okay, You just lost four key uh, a flying units. whether or not a flying unicorn is considered an exceptional uh, circumstance or as a deviation.
1: <laughs> you know but, we'll just assume for the sake of this this conversation okay. that it is not exceptional. That is not uh, an, an exception this is a,
2: this is this is a pretty common
1: this is if make... it was just
2: a normal unicorn and not a flaming unicorn well
0: uh, maybe in richmond it's common but here in florida it's uh they're pretty okay. rare um yeah so that it's uh so so it's you're changing the deck list it's a game loss um that seems kind of harsh. so I lost my four key. I lost my four key auras and I can't afford to buy new uh
2: so the 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 other option would be if if we if that wasn't a game loss and i what, what what's our other option I can add in the,
1: the the other option is that i I get to build a deck of 16 online cards and then just lose the deck just, that that I think is worse yeah. for this tournament and add a bunch of basically
2: oh. yeah. yeah right
0: yep that's, and that's why because there there are angled shots.
1: That one's pretty extreme, but there are other less extreme versions. If I yeah. if I
2: suddenly realized Kiora was a terrible card, which and I, I won't. would be better
1: served by, by having uh, having a mountain your deck. Uh,
2: so it's just to prevent people from sort of not prevent, yeah. but just to, to be aware of the fact that some people it's might it. want to fr- free to freely at- change their deck.
0: It's also really common and limited, you realize that maybe your land mix is exactly right uh uh when I well when I say common it it's you're probably more incentive to try. It. it's like, oh, you do the twenty third card well now now like now I have now that I've played it a few times and I've realized my land mix is off. I'm gonna lose the worst card
2: and I see what you're doing, friend um so yeah, decklist problem I think is reasonably straightforward, but there are some potential upgrades or other weirdness things that can happen with deck problem that I think are slightly more confusing. Um, is there anything else in deck list problem that's weird that we want to go over? Uh, I can't, no, I can't
1: think of anything now.
0: No, nothing that's, that's chain.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff is still the same. Um, and we, we, we want to talk about what's broken out into deck problem, but I can't, I can't think of any of the weird stuff for decklist problem that we need to discuss. Uh, so, did you have something else, or do you want to just move on to deck problem?
2: Let's let's proceed.
1: Yeah. Let's proceed. Um, so, deck problem is is basically it's the infraction that happens when the deck list itself is legal and it's it's uh, what the player intended to play, but somehow we've got a problem where they're missing cards, or there are extra cards, or there are the wrong cards in their deck, and uh, we are just we, we need to fix it. Um, this could happen in a number of ways. You might get, uh, an extra card in your deck if your opponent cast that claustrophobia from earlier on your creature and you scooped it up with your cards and shuffled it in. And you don't realize until later that you've got, um, that you've got an extra card in your deck and your opponent now has one fewer card in their deck. Um, both of these would be deck problems. We would just if it's discovered during the game, shuffle it into the opponent's deck and and uh everybody would continue play from that point and everybody would get uh, both players would get a warning for deck problem. Um another way that this can happen is if uh I have accidentally forgotten to sideboard when there are sideboard cards in my deck that should not be. And if we catch that, we just remove those cards and and uh have the player fix the deck and keep playing. Um if that's caught during the opening hand, we just have them fix the deck and, and instruct the player to mulligan. Now that's that's a, a better fix at the beginning of the game than removing extra cards from their hand. But uh, those those things are um, are going to be deck problems. Um, for the most part, a deck problem is always going to be a warning. But there are three situations in which you upgrade it to a game loss. Uh, the first situation is if um, if if that's caught. Uh, during the the presentation period, uh, which includes if a judge is deck checking a deck, uh, if if the deck is wrong somehow uh, and it's caught during a presentation period, that's going to be a game loss. And you might say, well, why do we even have this window? If it's just a warning all the time, why do we have this window where it can be a a game loss? And the reason is that there needs to be a window where this can where your opponent can catch it or a judge can catch it during a deck check where it's a game loss, to disincentivize people from trying to cheat in this way. Because there are ways that you could cheat in this way. It is uncommon, but there needs to be uh, an incentive to prevent people from doing it so that it isn't just, oh, I know, I'm just going to get a warning.
2: I'm going to, uh, yeah, there's, it, we have to make people not want to do it.
1: Exactly. Um. So... uh uh, if the if an incorrect quantity of a card is discovered during the presentation period and that includes a deck list, uh, you upgrade it to a game loss. Uh, similarly, if the card, like if you have a sideboard card or an improper card in your deck and it would be discovered um, in a way that the opponent could see, like if they're about to look at your hand or if it, you reveal a bunch of cards and it's one of them, um, then we, we upgrade that to a game loss as well uh, because... The The philosophy behind it being a warning is that if you draw a sideboard card, nobody can see that but you. And we want to make sure that you're incentivized to call a judge in that circumstance. Um,
2: I think you mean the the reason for it to be a game loss. He said if you, uh, if you draw go, a sideboard card and you're the only one that...
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm saying it's the reason that that is a warning.
2: Got it, is got it, got it, got it, got it.
1: We want to incentivize you to call a judge in that circumstance. Right. And the reason that it's a it's a game loss if you are... If if you didn't draw it and see it yourself, well, this isn't something where you had um, any potential to call a judge beforehand. This is a thing where where your deck is incorrect and uh, we want to disincentivize the possible abuse from using sideboard cards in your main deck. And uh, so the, the upgrade to a game loss, it's kind of a holdover because this is exactly how it was in the previous policy where we where just had a downgrade. So it kind of is flip-flopped now. Instead of being a downgrade... In the one situation, it's an upgrade in the other. Um, and the third one is if, if in the very rare instance that you have incorrectly sideboarded, you're in the middle of a game, or, or rather you've failed to de-sideboard, you're in the middle of a game, and you draw, you, know, you draw a path to exile, and that's no big deal because you've got one in your main deck. And then you draw a second one, which is weird because you only had one in your main deck and you had one in your sideboard. Uh, now you have a problem. Uh, That also gets upgraded to a game loss because the the odds of drawing the first path to exile were much higher because there are two in your deck, and so it's impacted the game in a way that is irreparable. We we uh, we cannot
2: fix it from there. We we can't fix an advantage off of that.
1: Well, even if you haven't gained an advantage, it's it's you might have gained an advantage because you drew this card um, uh, earlier than you might have otherwise.
2: So even if you if if even if you say yeah. Even if you say, but Judge, I know that the first one that I drew was my main deck one because this, the other one is in the Japanese. Ice Age, the Ice Age artwork. Uh, that's, unfortunately, that's not going to change it.
1: That's correct. Um, now, this is only true if this is during gameplay. So if you catch it during your opening hand, you're still good.
2: Yep. And you call a Judge.
1: Yeah, yeah, you you definitely have to call a judge. Absolutely,
2: you don't just say heh 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 heh. It's in my hand. <laughs> you do you like my do you like my villain laugh? Well,
0: hold on. if it's discovered in your opening hand, then you're you're instructed to take a mulligan. I think that was a change. Yeah, um, we went over that. Oh, okay. I must have been
1: coughing. That's all right. Um, Zoe, so you, you are instructed to take a mulligan. Um, we were talking about the uh, the even if you have have more copies in your main deck. It's still not upgraded to a game loss if you catch it in the opening hand,
2: right? If you if, so, if you if you draw both of them and say, "Wait, I shouldn't have two of these."
1: Yeah, exactly. Or even if you hit that alternate art one,
2: right? Even if you draw your your Spanish Inquisition of Kozilek. <laughs> no, one no one expects, one expects
1: the Spanish Inquisition.
2: I didn't uh, expect it. It's in my sideboard. <laughs> um, uh, so all right. Anything else we want to say about? deck problem and or decklist problem?
1: Ah, uh, well, um... No, not about deck no. and deck list problem, except that, that there is one thing that will cause you to get a deck list problem, and that is playing illegal cards. And we did have some updates to the ban list. Uh, mm-hmm. so, in Legacy, uh, Sensei's Divining Top is banned. It's about time. <laughs> I'm sad about it,
2: but I understand it.
1: Oh, man. Um, and when I say it's about time, I mean literally, it's about time. Like, the reason that it's banned is is... That it, it just takes too long. It's long time. I do, do <laughs> want to say
0: one one really cool thing that I noticed because because Sensei's Sensei's Divining Top goes hand in hand with Counterbalance and Counterbalance. Hey, it's a it's an invocation. A lot of people pre ordered uh, pre ordered those cards, uh, and when this banning came out, a lot of stores offering like refunds, store credit, and stuff like that for p- people that bought the, the counterbalance invocation. Uh, I think Channel Fireball did it, Star City Games did it, Cool Stuff Games did it, other places. And that was really, really cool, because they didn't have to, uh, but it was a really nice and cool it's thing. A
2: good, yeah, it's a really good thing to acknowledge as a, hey, we know you invested in this probably for this reason, and we don't want to just, like, cackle on top of our money pile.
0: So, so good, good on those guys.
2: Um, slightly less publicly, like less widely spread, uh, relevant, but still relevant, very relevant to the people who care about it. Uh, Gataxian Probe and Gush are now restricted in vintage. Uh, I, I don't follow vintage, so I don't have a full context for quite the, quite how much they were impacting the format, but I imagine it was, they were kind of parts of defining decks. They wanted to cut down a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm really not sure what what goes on in vintage. Myself, <laughs> I don't play a lot of vintage. I don't get the opportunity to judge a lot of vintage. Uh, but uh, I, I, the taxi probe and gush are uh, restricted. And um, so we're gonna... know, as I was going to say, as was referenced earlier, there was uh, there was one other one other. Banning, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna wait a couple days to announce that one. Um,
2: yeah, to to be continued. To,
1: yeah, be, to be continued.
2: Yeah, we'll put
0: out an addendum to this episode after we have we, more data.
2: Well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna post this episode. See how the data goes. See how it works out, and then let you all know.
0: We'll release right. an emergency episode uh, that's, that'll be forty seconds long. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Okay, yeah. so. Uh, Philadar Guardian, the innocuous one-four cat. It was cat. all a ruse. It was all a ruse. We actually had enough data all along. Um. Uh. Yes, this innocuous one-four cat that has been uh, uh, tearing up uh, standard and driving people away from F and M's uh, is dead and gone from standard. I
2: our standard attendance around here, and I think in so many places was just tanked by people not enjoying Standard because everything was combo or something that was built to be a combo, and that's it.
0: So there was there was a lot of controversy about this. We're, we're making light about the whole two-day thing. But so, you know, they they come out on Monday with the ban list. They said, hey, we're not going to ban anything for Standard. And then two days later, they're like, uh, we're banning Feldar uh, guard So, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and people have been pre- preparing their decks for events this weekend and
0: people well, had been so here's my kind of thing realistically cuz the the amount of time between when they when they announced no ban and when they actually banned it a little over 48 hours so that's really the window like yes there were players that, but in the grand scheme impact was slightly more than 48 hours that's about it what you do in 48 hours right uh, that that was the impact like the people that were going to uh uh S, the SCG open in Atlanta probably the ones that had the biggest impact uh, so re-
2: the, I think ultimately they realized that there's kind of a, like, a pro, like, have to weigh the pros and cons here in the do we disappoint the people who were counting on being able to play this card this weekend or in some upcoming events, or do we let the format have to live around this for the entire, yeah. Yeah, and the number of
0: people that probably went to M because the copycat combo was not in standard, probably eclipses the number of people by a lot
1: oh yeah they 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 easily uh easily that's true because you've got people that are just going oh that's not the combo anymore i can bring this deck that that i've been building and working on forever back out and maybe it'll work um
2: it gave people hope yeah it was it was it was the obi-wan kenobi of the uh of the so, Bannings. so
0: just here's, here's an anecdotal thing. There's a local store around here that I was talking to the owner, um, and he said that Standard FM hadn't fired for him. And then the the Friday of the banning, I go out there and he had 25 P FNM. So that's awesome. So right there, it went from it went from Standard FNM doesn't fire to 25 P just by banning this card. So you and can, sorry, go, go ahead. I was gonna say you can argue that Wizards could have done a better job and announced it earlier. But you can't say that it was a bad thing and they should have waited out the to ban the card because they missed their they missed uh, their announcement.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, it's sort of like, oh, you were two days late making a ban, well then now you have to
2: be six wing the ban. You have to commit Yeah. No. And you know, no one even we we, we told people all about our Guardian and no one even had to send us a pizza to tell people about it. A pizza? Someone sent Wizards of the Coast a a box pizza with Ben Feld, our Guardian written on the box. <laughs> yes. Um
1: That's so awesome.
2: yeah. But so you can you can send us pizzas. I'm not going to complain.
1: Uh I I will. I'm I'm allergic to milk. So no you pizza. Can, no, you pizza can send milk. a well sandwich. You can Send know. me a sandwich. Send me pop tarts. I will take pizza, all the pop tarts. If you fold a
0: pizza in half does it become a
1: sandwich? So uh, so fair warning, Brogan. Um, I have mentioned food on this podcast before, and then I got food randomly oh, no. from from oh, judges who listen to the think, podcast.
2: I don't know if uh, that's a, a benefit or a terrifying uh, thing.
1: It was awesome because it was it was uh, Kool Aid. That was the like squeeze it. Yes. Oh. The,
2: but, uh, the like uh, ones that from the, the like the late nineties. Yeah, I
1: mean they were not. Literally well, the ones from the late nineties, but, but yeah, so. yeah,
2: those ones are I awesome.
0: Know, and how no much I missed them. Or
1: whatever. I missed, mentioned how much I missed them, and uh and someone gave me uh some uh some of them at an event. So that's great. I don't know how pizza's going to go for you. So good luck with that.
2: But well, <laughs> oh no, just, someone's going to mail me pizza, not like to have it delivered, just mail to really me. Really
1: mail. If, if,
2: if it's
0: at a convention, though, like they buy you pizza, that's like a ten dollar thing, right there. That's, that's
2: an pretty, investment.
0: That is an investment.
1: No, you'll probably just have pizza delivered to like all of the events you go to from now on.
2: That's so I, I, this sounds really bad, but I actually don't really like pizza, so <laughs> I'm just going to pretend that I love pizza now.
1: No, 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 don't do that. Just, just admit you don't like pizza. Yeah, no, I, don't, right. I don't, I don't, I
2: don't really do pizza. No, 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 no.
0: You have to wait a whole six weeks before you're allowed to admit that you <laughs> I, don't have like to, pizza.
2: Days I have to surprise, I don't com, like pizza. commit to my love
0: of pizza. Right. Since you didn't admit, so you didn't announce that you didn't like pizza at the right time. You have to wait six more weeks.
1: Yeah. This you're sounds like to, the combat shortcut kind of, yeah. um,
2: well,
0: I was going to say she can make an emergency announcement in two days after she's collected. More all right, y'all are we going to
2: pass priority out of this episode or what?
1: Well, top. uh, yeah, we, we can definitely do that. Um, we have, have we covered all of the things that we wanted to talk about for the new policy? Okay. Um, then let's talk about Judge News real quick. I mean, the whole episode was kind of Judge News, but uh, the only other thing is that the we do have a new Level 3 in the program. Oh, uh, Yeah. So I would like to uh, congratulate Nicoletta Prize for making Level 3 this last weekend. So Whoa. good job. She is uh, from the southeast, so uh, I'm very, very happy about that. We need more judges that are not in Florida, Brian. Uh...
0: <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the thing. When you actually started to make the announcement, it was like, we have a new level three. My first thought was, really? woohoo? And then I was like, oh, because I, I kind of already put her in that mental she, space.
1: She
2: lived in that box already. Yeah, she was already in that box.
1: Well, that's the way to do it. That's what you want. That's what we want out of L3s. Yeah,
2: you don't want to be surprised.
1: Right. Okay. No, you definitely don't that want that to be surprised. That
0: person made L3? What the? Who was their panel lead? Oh, Ugh. We
1: don't All want right. that. Yeah, well, let's uh, uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Um, so thank you for, for listening to JudgeCast. Um, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. So if you're listening to us for the first time, please subscribe. Uh, Rate us five t- stars on iTunes. If you found us on iTunes, if you didn't find us on iTunes, you can still go there and rate us five stars. It's a thing you can do. Um, You're allowed. Yeah, you're allowed. You don't have to. Uh, You can contact us at judgecast at gmail.com if you have any questions or just want to chat. You can also find us at facebook.com slash judgecast and twitter.com slash judgecast. Talk to us there. And you can check out the entire JudgeCast archive at judgecast.com.
2: And I can I can heckle you there now, too. So, yes, that's right. Yes. You can if you want to ask my opinions about sandwiches or pizza, I'll be there.
1: Uh, all right. So thank you, Brogan, for joining us now and moving forward. Uh, <laughs> so it's very excited about that. And thank you Uh my name is Jess Dunks and I keep it fair.
2: Oh, man. My name is Brogan and I keep it fun. And I'm Brian Furlman, and
0: I keep hitting the mute button because I've been called to help.